a podcast. Did your radio show get canceled? Fire, fire, fire. Low down and filthy, but the discipline is on point. Schooled myself, made my own dojo. A cold flow with the whole dose of soul. Maintain composure, even in theory. An anomaly, properties undiscernible to mere peasants. Use weapons that... This week on The Million Dollar Plan, we talked to John. John has a question that a lot of you have. Uh, Should you... uh, Tackle your debt since your emergency fund's looking pretty good, or do you make your emergency fund look even better? And he's got more questions than that. He joins us now. Hello, John. Hey, how's it going? Good. I told my wife this morning. I was like, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, interact with a John today," and she she took that a different way. But it's nice to speak with you. <laughs> what can we help you with? What are we What are we doing here today? Uh, well, my wife and I are. Um we feel pretty aggressive savers, and uh, we've gotten close to three months of our, our our spending kind of bundled up now in an emergency fund. Okay. So we're starting to figure out whether or not we want to keep contributing to that or if we want to start redirecting those dollars toward paying off other debt like car loans or student loans. Awesome. I'm excited. All right, let's take a look at your numbers. Let's see what you got going on. Um, you have a total annual gross income of $140,000. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. And your net monthly income of roughly eighty four hundred bucks. How many people are working? Who's working? What's going on? Uh, my wife and I both work. Um, she is a nurse, so she does a few shifts a week. Um, that allows her to also spend time with our two kids. But we both work full time. Okay. And then, how old are both of you? Uh, I am thirty three, and she is thirty one. Okay. And. Uh, let's go full screen on John's information here. So you've got about, let's see, $18,000 in savings. Is that sound about right? Yeah, yeah, that's across our emergency fund and then a couple mm-hmm. other savings accounts that we have. And so in order to have three months expenses, we're talking about, what, $25,000 in savings? Is that is that what you're trying to figure out is do you go for that or do you take out some of this other stuff? Yeah, our goal... Our goal was 25 for the emergency fund, um, and we're, we're getting there. We have a little way to go, but we weren't sure if, if we should just, should just start um, contributing less to it or cutting it off completely since we have a pretty good cushion and then pay off some debt instead. Yeah, this is interesting. So from a debt perspective, you've got the $16,000 in student loans, and then what, what other debts do you have? Oh, we have two car payments, uh, just under 1000 per month that we'd like to get rid of. Okay, and then so yeah, that's that's a lot. How much do you owe on those? Um, one is leased, and I don't know off the top of my head how much we owe on that one. But then our other one, we owe about sixty-five hundred. Okay. Uh, so that's the one we're trying to pay off by the end of the year. That would be good. And then no other debts. You've got a thirty-year mortgage. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so how much a month goes toward right now your emergency fund? Like how much are you able to accumulate each month in there? Uh, we usually put at least 400 in per month. And okay. then if we have any extra money, it'll go into either the emergency fund or one of the other savings accounts that we have. Okay. So how often does that really happen? Because sometimes when I hear that, that means never. <laughs> and sometimes I hear that means it always. Like how often do you have more than 400? Um, not too often, but sometimes we are able to put like another hundred or 150 in each month. Okay. It just depends on if 
you know, unexpected unexpected expenses come up or not. So at eighty four hundred dollars a month of income, where does your income go? Like, how, how does that get used up? What's your mortgage payment? Uh, mortgage payment is twenty one hundred. Okay. Um, we have uh, two um, five twenty nine accounts for our two children, so we put about three hundred in there each month. Okay. Um, put a decent amount into the savings accounts each month. Um, we put four hundred. So you put more than the four hundred in the savings account. Yeah, so we have the emergency fund, and then we have um, we have a vacation funds, which we put like fifty dollars in per month. So okay. hopefully, by the time our kids are old enough, we can you know go to Disney World or, or somewhere. Sure. Um, so we don't put too much in there right now. Um, other expenses are um, student loans. That's that's a big one for us. And then we have things like um, we, we cut cable out completely, so we just pay for internet now. We've we're one of the cut cord cutting families. Nice. Uh, so, so we've reduced those bills a lot over the past couple of years. And then what, you, you have sixteen thousand in student loans, but how much are you paying towards them each month? Uh, we pay around three hundred each month in student loans. Okay. Yeah. So uh, let's work backwards. Let's take a look at your long term. So uh, Nicole, if you pull up sort of what he, what uh, John's got going on in his investments, and go full screen with that. Uh, we know that in your 401k and, and all that good stuff, we have about 175000 Is that right? Uh, yeah, between uh, our two 401ks and then uh, I have a Roth IRA as well. Okay. And then um, you put about $1,300 a month or so towards those investment goals. Is that accurate? Uh, yes, that's correct. Okay, so that makes your million-dollar day, Nicole, if you will go to that screen, your million-dollar day is November 27th, 2031, the way we have that figured from a long-term perspective. November 27th, 2031, which would mean at the current pace you are preparing for retirement, at age 67, you would have, at your exact current pace, you would have $5.06 million set aside for retirement uh, which is $11,808 a month in take-home pay, but inflation-adjusted, it would feel like in today's dollars about $5,200 a month, which then begs the question, well, how does that affect what you're doing now? Like, if you keep doing exactly what you're doing, uh, you live on $8,400 a month now, but $5,200 a month would be available uh, from your investments. Um, when you hear that, what does that, what, how does that make you feel? What, what does that make you think? Uh, it makes me think we definitely have to cut out, uh, some spending now, whether it's some of this debt that's short term, like car loans and student loans, and then, uh, potentially make some other decisions with lifestyle and, and how we're spending our money each month. How, how based on your professions, you're at $140,000 gross right now. Where do you think, and be conservative here, where do you think that's going to be two to three years from now? How, how far off of 140 are you going to be? Um, well, I've been pretty fortunate in my profession where I've, I've gotten promotions over the years. So um, I, I would expect to get another one in the next year or two. Okay. And that would, that would make things much more comfortable for us. And, and so let, let's, let's pick a number. I know this sounds like a curse. I'm knocking on wood. Don't worry. Uh, what would be a raise that you would think would happen uh, in the next 12 months? And again, I'm not jinxing you, I promise. <laughs> um, maybe another 10 or 15 
gross added to my income. Okay, let's so let, that would put us total around 150, 155. All right, let's go with 10. Okay, so I want to do an example here. Uh, 10, which would then be $833 a month gross increase. But after tax and everything else, it's probably netting out another $600 a month uh, of disposable income for you. So the question becomes, as we look at your situation, not only are we trying to answer your operative question here, which is, do you focus on the debt now versus emergency fund? But it's also what happens when that additional $600 a month comes around, right? And that's how I, I think you need to think. Because how old are your children again? Uh, two years and two months. Are you getting any sleep, John? <laughs> Starting to. Is your wife getting any sleep? Yeah, we uh, we both try to keep things even at night, but we're we're getting a few hours each. So uh, so here's the challenge, right? Not only are we trying to make the right decision with the with the, the discretionary income now, but if we look a year out. We have to say, what are we willing to do with that 600? Like, if you got a $600 a month net raise right now, I would assume and I would hope, John, that you would do the exact same thing with it that you plan to do with this 400, which has become sort of our discretionary amount. Yeah, we would we would probably prioritize um, some of the short-term debt. I think we would definitely be able to pay off that first car loan much faster, uh, and then we would probably tackle student loan debt next, the other cars being leased. So I don't, we're not sure what we will do with that one yet. Yeah. So when you think about lifestyle creep, this idea that when our income goes up, sometimes our lifestyle and our expenses go up too. Is there a particular area of your life? If you got a pay increase that you would worry that you and your wife would, uh, spend more money on, is that a concern of yours? Um, a little bit. We have, we have a relatively new home, so we're big on doing home projects now. Um, so a lot of times we have to force ourselves to, if we get a pay raise, one of us gets that, we, we look at it as either, okay, now we can start to save up for a patio or some other home project, or we can contribute to paying off something like our car. Right. So we always, we always wrestle with that. And then you do, are you do a pretty good job of leaving your emergency fund alone? Yeah, we, we um, have some pretty strict rules with that. We have never taken anything out. Um, we, we really only want it for true emergencies. Yeah, you know, as I look at your situation, it just seems like one that within two years, legitimately 24 to 30 months, that this looks completely different than it does now. You know, I was talking to one of my coworkers this morning about there's these periods in, periods in our lives in which we sort of run on a treadmill. Like we just totally run in place. We, we do the best we can. In your situation, not only are you doing the best you can, you're doing a good job. I mean, objectively a good job. Um, but your situation gets a heck of a lot better two years from now. Do you feel that way? Yeah, we, we definitely see the finish line with a lot of the things we're trying to pay off. But like you said, we're still, we're still in the middle of it right now, and we just have to keep plugging away what we're doing if we want to get to that finish line on time. Um, but yeah, we, we know that in a couple of years, our situation will, will likely be better. Now you're on this podcast, which either means you're a glutton for punishment or you are the person that drives change financially within your relationship. Is that fair? Or do you, do you both have the same sort of attitude towards your financial lives? Uh, we both have the same attitude, but I, I would say I pay closer attention to it. Okay. Um, and I'm, I'm the primary saver. So 
um, in, in far, as far as like allocating what goes to what each each month and when we want to increase our monthly contribution to our emergency fund or 401k. Yeah. I usually own those decisions. So now that you had the second child just a couple months ago, were you always at $300 a month on the 529 or did you bump it to 300 recently? It, so that's 300 across the two of them. We were contributing 175 per child. Oh, okay. Okay. Wouldn't that be 350? Or yes. Yes, I would. <laughs> well, look, I, I'm not good with numbers here, John, but it turns <laughs> out I am. So, um, okay. So this is the way I look at your so We're going to answer your question. Don't worry. Like, I know you're thinking, just answer my damn question, but I'm getting there. Um, Long term, on a scale of one to 10, you're, you're probably about an eight and a half to nine right? I, okay. I mean, you're not fully funded. Like you're not on a path right now to have your retirement fully funded without changes occurring. And when I say that, that means I'm not going to assume you're going to get a raise. I'm not going to assume that uh, 401k limits go up. I'm not going to assume any of those things. I'm not going to assume that you take the money when you get out of debt and put it towards retirement. I'm just saying if you legit do exactly what you're doing right now with the exact same circumstances, you're at an eight and a half to nine. Okay. Now, will you get raises? Probably. Will that uh, impact how much you're putting in your 401k and how much is matched? Yeah. Uh, w- will those limits go up over time? Will once you hit 50, we put 24,000 a year in as opposed to 18,000 a year? Yes. So you're probably a 10, but I'm not going to account and call you a 10 because things would have to change that aren't currently occurring. And, and I have mm-hmm. a problem with that. So, so take that however you want to take it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Lots of unknowns out there okay. that could affect my situation. So let's go to short term. Let's, let's go to the short term, short term. Any reasonable emergency could happen, and, and again, not jinxing you, and, and you'd be okay for a little while, right? Yeah, for a couple months, but then, I mean, it, depending on what the situation is, we could run out pretty quickly. Yeah, and, and, and I, I understand that. I, I think, I think that car loan to me, and even such a low student loan balance of sixteen thousand to me, are more important. I'm starting to answer your question, by the way, uh, are, are more important than getting 18 to 25, right? Are, are more important than yeah. taking your $18,000 of emergency fund to 25,000 emergency fund. Because I think once those things are done, then you've just uh, increased the amount of discretionary uh, funds each month that you can put towards your goals. I, the only thing that scares me with your situation whatsoever, other than an immediate onset emergency like right now is lifestyle creep. I don't know you from Adam. I've listened to you talk now for 16 minutes and I've done most of the talking. (laughs) I worry about lifestyle creep. Should I be concerned about that or am I just completely fabricating this? We've gotten smarter with, with how we're living our lifestyle now that we have two kids. But, um, you know, if you rewound to a couple years ago, I think it would, would have been a much different situation. So I, I think we've gotten much more responsible now. And we've, over the past couple years, we've really bumped up how we're saving and where we're saving. So little things like, I, I feel the same way about my car payment. I, I despise sending that check every month for something that depreciated in value the second I bought it. Yeah. Um, so having that extra money and putting it towards anything else, whether it's savings or you know, something for my children for college, um, 
I would feel much better about it. So the the quicker I can check those things off and just get that into savings, I think will put us in a better situation. And then we just have to be smart about if one of us does get a bump in pay, making sure we put those dollars in the right place instead of just spending it or putting it towards you know, a new home project. Yeah, so there's a couple things I want to talk about there that you just said. Number one, I think anyone, their goal is to be out of their stuff buying stage by the time they hit 33 to 35. Like, I feel like late 20s to, to in, into 30, that's where you get a little bit more disposable income and you just start getting stuff. And it sounds like that was you, but you are on your way out of that stage. Does that sound right? Yes. Yeah, we are on our way out of that for sure. Number two, what's the deal with the lease? So that was a, clearly a decision made a few years ago, probably in your stuff accumulation phase. It doesn't seem like everything else you have going on, a lease, unless I'm crazy, doesn't seem like it makes a lot of sense for someone in your financial situation. What, what's going on there? Um, well, my wife would kill me if she ever hears this podcast. Oh, but, well, we don't have uh, any listeners. It's okay. You're fine. Go ahead. Um, she, she's kind of a car snob, and she's admitted to it, so yeah. I'm allowed to say that. Yeah. Um, so that's uh, that's the reason we have a lease. It's, uh, it's a nicer it's a car. That, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Does she have, so it's a newer Jeep, does she have like upside down on the top of the windshield? Like, no. if you can no, read not, this, flip me over. <laughs> not that type of driver. Okay, no. well, just wondering, you know, the, those Jeep people. Um, so, okay, let me, I'm not going to talk you out of that, by the way, but I'm just curious. Is that something that you've mentally accounted for is always going to be a thing? Yeah, but now that, again, now that we have kids, I, I think we're we're still weighing whether or not we we'd want to keep that jeep or if we want to get something else that's sure. a little more economical for us okay um but yes we've we've definitely uh thought through that a lot ever since leasing it but now we're in it for another year and a half yeah i mean look everyone has a vice and i i, I think clearly her vice is is I mean, you call it being a car snob which i would never say those words I would just say she's got a vice. And if that's the vice, that's fine. Uh, but you just got to account for it. Um, tell me about housing, right? So you're in a relatively new home, right? Yes. Yeah. How, how long will you stay there, do you think? Uh, we want this to be our last home. Oh, uh, we got great. a really good, really good deal for it. Um, it's a brand new home. It's right in between where our families live. So that helps out a ton with childcare. Um, so we're, we're hoping to stay in this house. What, t- what part of the country do you live in? Uh, we live out in, um, like, Pennsylvania suburbs. Yeah, I, I, I'm picking up an accent from you. Do you, th- you think you have a little bit of an accent? Uh, some people have told me that before. Well, I don't think I do, but well, I've you, heard it. You do. I, I speak Hoosier, though, so go figure. Um, uh, all right, so you know where this is going. You got two young kids. Everything's going so well. Where are you at life insurance-wise? Uh, we both have life insurance. Um, both fully covered, um, both have health coverage. Um, I'm actually switching over to my wife's in a few months. Hers is much better than mine. What's fully covered mean? What the hell does that mean? Fully covered? I mean, like well, your life insurance, you're fully covered. What does that mean? Well, we've through my employer, we have life insurance, and then um, I think it's called accidental life insurance. So if something happens through work, I'm covered for that too. It's a separate thing that comes out of my pay how much i don't know off the top of my head then you're not it's... fully kept co- john john 
<laughs> this is going so well, John. Oh, I'm getting all sweaty. Okay, listen, John. Gosh, I gotta have this talk with you. John, you're gonna watch this on Pizza Planner TV when it comes out. So I'm looking right at you in the camera here. Dude, everything's going so well. It is a beautiful situation. You have to know how much life insurance you have. And probably if you have it through work, you're not fully covered. And if you, if you point to accidental death, you're not fully covered. Because sometimes, although we don't intend to die, we don't die accidentally. We, 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 we die with uh, disease, which isn't accidental. Right? I mean, think if you get something, you die, you leave two young kids, and you're not fully covered. So uh, this is the hole in your armor, right? I mean, that's the, no one wants to buy life insurance, believe me. No one wants to buy it. But that, this is a problem, man. You, you should probably have about a million dollars of life insurance, you, based on your income. Okay, yeah, I think it's only two, two or three times my income. So you're at $140,000, $150,000 a year? Well, how much is your, um, oh, I know, you're at 100 How much is yours? I'm at 105 a year. You're at 105 So you're, t what, two, uh, 210 of coverage? Roughly around there, yeah. No, come on. That's not going to work. Do you under, like, instead of me just yelling at you, do you understand why that's not enough? Or do I, do you want me to explain it? I'm asking seriously. I, I do. We just, we've never looked into it outside of what we get through our employer. But like you said, with our lifestyle now and our situation, we should probably increase it a lot. Let's get weird for a second. I was in Milwaukee yesterday taking a shower. Okay. Just don't imagine this. Okay, John, just listen. Don't imagine me in the shower. This is true. I'm in the shower. I'm on the road uh, about to get ready for a gig that day. And for some reason, and I don't know what the hell, why. Uh, well, actually, I do know why. I had a friend die last week. He was 35 years old, had a heart attack. And I just started thinking about him, and he didn't have kids. And I started thinking about my situation. And then I just started getting sad in the shower by myself in Wisconsin, which I don't encourage. And I started thinking through, like, that would be freaking awful if i die and i miss out on my kids being raised and then and then the one thing that snapped me out of it was going well at least they'd be okay financially like that's what snapped me out of this malaise in a shower in milwaukee uh and by the way you'll never get that image out of your head like like so i i don't know man it's, it's, this is so interesting, right? Cause you've come from the stuff buying stage, which you're now clearly coming out of, right? This is very obvious. You've uh -huh. structured everything beautifully. That's that one last lever to pull besides having a will to say what happens if something happens to you and your wife at the same time, who takes care of the two year old and the two month old. Those last two pieces are, are what concern me. You're totally regretting this, aren't you? No, that's, this is what I, needed and kind of wanted to hear is where we need to get smarter with our, our situation. So life insurance is one that, you know, we'll definitely talk about and, and focus on. I say this with all sincerity as I look right into the camera. If you were here right now, I would probably kick you in the privates. <laughs> <laughs> because of the life insurance. Yeah. I mean, come on, man. I mean, it, look, it's one of those weird things. Like you're a smart guy. I can tell you're a smart guy. You're a hell of a lot smarter than me. Right. Uh, but that's just one of those things when smart people don't do that. I, I, I get, I get it. Uh, but you got to change that. 
I mean, that's a weird conversation to have with your wife, right? Hey, talk to some random person on the phone today who, who makes it into a podcast and he thinks we need life insurance. Like that's a weird conversation to have, but ultimately you're doing it if something happens that, that their life isn't turned upside down. I, I say this coming from, I used to be in the financial business where I had eight clients under the age of 35 die. And when they did, some of them had the right amount of life insurance and some of them didn't. And, and it was just, I don't know. You just sometimes you don't forget those things. Uh, what else? Any other questions? We'll change topics. Any other questions? You can just get term life insurance. Just get a 20-year term policy. Are you a healthy guy, John? I could, I could uh, be a little healthier, but... Does that mean you need to lose weight? Meaning, yes. Yeah. Oh, look, a little, a little, so do I. Right, right into I look that. at me. Well, yeah, you, what you're supposed to say, I'm too short for my weight, is what you're supposed to say. Um, I don't know. It might cost you less than 100 bucks a month. For a million bucks, you're 33... A little bit, a little bit heavy or a, a, a lot bit heavy. A little, a little bit. Okay, I don't know. It might cost you 60, 70 bucks a month for twenty years. All right. Anyway, any other questions? Anyway, before I send you on your slightly overweight way, <laughs> so am I. So it's not um, judgmental. I don't, I don't think so. The big one was just talking through, um, you know, whether we cut off contributions to the emergency fund now or yes. or continue directing toward that but I, I think my answer now is maybe we do do that but um we instead invest in life insurance and then maybe once if i do get a promotion this year or next year then start contributing more toward savings yeah i, I would i would get rid of completely get rid of your car loan and your student yeah. loan before i get back to savings okay because they're just silly debts um and yeah, that's exactly what I would do. So appreciate you being with us today. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me on. All right, keep us updated. I want When you buy life insurance, email us back, and then I will rescind the private kicking uh, comment that I made earlier. Yes, I, I would appreciate that. When you talk to your <laughs> friends later today, like, hey, a grown man said he was going to kick me in the privates, that's going to be weird for you later, right? It is. It'll, it'll be a good conversation story, though. <laughs> Hey, what happened to you today? Well, a grown man said he was going to kick me in the privates. <laughs> All right, John, thank you. All right, thank you. All right, that's it for this week's show. Look, I don't know what I'm going to say. I'm sorry. But I will kick you in the privates if you don't buy life insurance. And I don't even sell life insurance. Can you imagine if you're trying to buy life insurance from like a guy comes to your house and sits at your table and he's talking to you about buying life insurance and all of a sudden he goes, if you don't buy this, I'm going to kick you in the privates. <laughs> all right, that's all I got. If you want to be on the show, be on the show. PeteThePlanner.com slash podcast. That's it. We'll see you next time. Peace. If you want to be on this podcast and have Pete fix your money life, then hit us up at PeteThePlanner.com slash podcast. You heard me. PeteThePlanner.com slash podcast. Log on. This is for information purposes only. It's not the Swiss financial planning device. Consult Avangel Divisor. Release from Everest, the freshest fresh, and you can call me ET or to John Tesh. Let me bless this harmonic presentation. It's amazing, so amazing. I'm the reason. Uh, salutations. I bring you love, Tron greetings from a faraway land. I am the soul controller. Put the remote down and let me take control. You're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself. Love Tron can restore your health. I bring you greetings. Uh, salutations. How you doing? And is that how y'all say it?
the tinkling of the keys is an homage to the little little star I sojourn over poetic descriptions of sound and travel to my other world out of this world spaceship on my arm took me home filled by the ink and the megabytes and the hypertext transfer protocol stronger than the skynet and the terminator i push faders into warp speed glide with ease creating a breeze they call a black hole event horizon no rear view concerns this i adjourn and beats i burn this I adjourn, and beats I burn, 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 I burn. Salutations, I bring you love, trying greetings from a faraway land. I am the soul controller, put the remote down and let me take control. You're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself. Love, try, can restore your health, I bring you greetings. Uh, salutations, how you doing? And is that how y'all say it? 